Hello everyone and welcome to What in the World is Dyscalculia, our podcast all about the math learning disorder. This is your host, Dr. Honora Wall, and the podcast is presented by EduCalc Learning. And I wanted to talk a little bit today, I'm recording this during the holiday season, and if you've seen our reels that we've been putting up on TikTok and YouTube and Facebook throughout social media, you might have seen me mention Ebenezer Teachers. So in this holiday season, my educator friends, I want you to think about what kind of educator you are. Are you an Ebenezer or a Fezziwig? Now, whatever holiday you may or may not celebrate, you are probably familiar with Ebenezer, Scrooge, the beloved curmudgeonly Charles Dickens character who needs to find the true meaning of joy in his heart. Ebenezer doesn't have a lot of joy in his heart, and whenever he's faced with a choice, he makes the one that is most miserable for all the people around him, and just makes everyone's life generally very difficult. Throughout the story, when we learn about Ebenezer's past, we are introduced to one of his early bosses, Fezziwig, and Fezziwig was pretty much the opposite of Ebenezer. Fezziwig, if he had a choice, he always made the choice that just made somebody else's life a little bit brighter, a little bit easier, a little bit happier. None of these choices took anything away from either Ebenezer or Fezziwig. It didn't cost them anything to choose in either direction, but it certainly had an impact on the people around them. And that's a good lens for us as educators. Our choices have a real impact on the students we work with. And I know that teaching is super difficult. There are a lot of choices we don't get to make, but once we get in our classroom and we close the door, we have a lot of control, especially over what kind of accommodations, interventions, and support we're going to offer our students, whether or not they have a written 504 or IEP plan, whether or not we think they have a learning disorder or we just think they're lazy and disengaged. I hear that from teachers. Even if we think that their diagnosis is not real, I hear that from teachers a lot too. Whatever we think, we can still make a choice to offer support and just see whether or not it makes a difference for that student. And that is what I want to encourage you to do. If you go to educalclearning.com or the DTRI.org. We're putting lots more new information on our nonprofit website, the Dyscalculia Training and Research Institute. Or if you email me, there's lots of information about different accommodations and interventions for dyscalculia. Uh, some that you might want to consider trying. Of course, these will be based on your grade level. Are you letting students work with a 1 to 100s chart through first, second, third grade? Just have it in the room. Let them use it as needed. Are you letting them work with a number line? Are you letting them have some fake coins on the desk when they're dealing with money? Or a chart listing the different pictures of coins and how much they're worth, that value? And are you letting them use uh, that 1 to 100s chart? Again, it's great for adding and subtracting decimals, which is important when you're dealing with money. 
You might also be using graph paper for some students, especially if they're comorbid with uh, dysgraphia, or you might be helping them to write their problems vertically, math problems one on top of the other, not side by side. And see whether or not that makes a difference for them. As we get a little older, third, fourth, fifth grade, do you have a multiplication list, not the chart? If you have kids who love the chart, then absolutely don't take it away. If you have students who are struggling with that multiplication chart, it might be bad for them visually, spatially speaking, or they might have trouble using it. Give them an old-fashioned multiplication list. And those are really great. You can use them for multiplying, dividing, least common multiple, greatest common factor, creating fractions with like denominators. There's so many uses that the multiplication list can be used for. It's really impressive. If you've got a teacher's dyscalculia toolbox, you've got one in there and it's laminated. You can let your students share it and, and use it or make copies for everybody. Put a giant one up on the wall. Immerse your students in these number facts that we want them to know. Maybe you're letting them use worked examples or guided notes while they're taking a test or maybe in a perfect world you're also giving them an oral assessment not just paper and pencil not just computer-based work you're also talking to them asking them questions if they can answer a math question describe their steps and processes that can be a legitimate alternative assessment that goes in your gradebook it definitely is a way to mark down strengths and weaknesses and track those over time. And you can see the kind of changes this has on students. These are very easy things to do. They're all free. You can do them right now in your classroom, tutoring session, intervention session, small group. Just sprinkle them in there like sprinkles on top of a sugar cookie. You can make the choice to give these accommodations and interventions at any point in time to all of your students. Now let's say you have a student who's struggling and they don't have a learning disability. They don't have dyscalculia, but they're sure not doing very well in the class. Using all of the things I just talked about will increase their engagement, their performance. It lets them see that the mastery they want is attainable. And I think that's something that's missing from a big part of our conversation. You know, a lot of the characters in Charles Dickens, A Christmas Carol, they are so defeated, they're so beaten down by the negativity in their life experiences. That's something that Ebenezer has to grapple with too. Once he starts to let a little bit of love into his tiny Grinch heart, he starts to really feel the impact that a negative, depressing, overwhelming life is having on the people around him. And he starts to see little ways he can make differences for those people and make a difference in their life that has a really big impact and you can do the same you can choose to be a Fezziwig teacher just try it out even if you think everything I'm saying is nonsense if you think that students should have to have a diagnosis or some paperwork prove me wrong spend two or three weeks make this your New Year's resolution using accommodations, interventions, increasing the scaffolding and the support, just adding in a little extra benefit to your students and see what happens. See what kind of change it makes. If it makes no change at all, email me, honora at educalclearning.com.
I know it will make a difference. I've seen it make a difference for students for two decades now. So I know that when you put this into place, your students are going to do better. They're going to start to feel more engaged in school. Their grades are going to improve. They're going to be asking and answering more questions. And everyone's going to be happier, including you. You're going to notice over time that some students move away from the accommodations, need less time with an intervention tool, and have fewer situations where they're struggling. They probably didn't have a math learning disability, but you've still helped them get better and you've helped them improve and that's good for everyone. And when you notice over time that there are students who are more engaged, they're understanding more, they're more comfortable in class, they're doing better, but they still go back to that accommodation. They still use that intervention tool because they're not really getting to that automaticity, the memorization or the fluency that we were hoping for. Okay, those are really good indications of dyscalculia. So they more than likely have a math learning disability, whether or not they have a formal diagnosis of one. So you can do things easily for free at any point in time and learn more about your students and their needs while also increasing their mastery in math. I would like you to try being a Fezziwig educator and see how it goes. I would like you to at least be honest with yourself if you prefer being an Ebenezer educator and let people know that's what they're in for. So at least they can try to prepare. But let a little love into your heart this holiday season. Let a little love into your classroom. Use some accommodations and interventions and let me know how they go. I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised and I think it's going to enrich not only your students' lives but yours as well because teachers we feel better when our students are doing well and they're engaged and people are having a good time and they're learning that's why we go to work in the morning and it's nice when it happens so by putting out a little something nice for your students you're going to get back a whole lot more nice for yourself it's the gift that keeps on giving and it will give itself right back to you All right, thank you for being with me in this podcast, What in the World is Dyscalculia? If you would like more information, if you're looking for training, if you want to read our book, it's now available in English and in Spanish, Teaching Students with Dyscalculia. You can get that at your local bookstore, or you can get it on Amazon or our website. Reach out to us at any time. Visit educalclearning.com. If you're looking for resources from a nonprofit awareness and distribution center, visit the DTRI.org, the Dyscalculia Training and Research Institute. And you can also reach out to me, find me on social media, uh, or email me, Honora at educalclearning.com. That's H-O-N-O-R-A. And thank you for being part of this journey to learn more about how we can support people with dyscalculia. Happy holidays!